Five, four, three, two, one. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for coming back to the Hooligan Alley podcast. Uh, this is J.W. Sims, and I'm here with Eric Berry. Hello. And Stephen Kelly. Hey, guys. Hey. Um, so, I know it's been three weeks, maybe, since we've been here, so uh, we're a little behind. Um, but uh, is there anything you guys wanted to talk about to start the show? Yeah, we both we both did. All right, that's good. So maybe we need to take longer breaks. We'll never talk about. All right, go ahead, Eric. All right. Um, I had saw something on Facebook the other day, and uh, <laughs> it was one of those rumor mill things. I I don't I I don't give it a lot of credence, but um, supposedly uh, Peter Cushing is going to be digitally recreated as uh, Moff Tarkin in uh, the first Star Wars spinoff, Rogue One. And honestly, I don't buy it because there's so much, there's so many rumors going on right now with the Star Wars films that if it's not from an official source, I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever. But um, someone had brought up an interesting point about it, and... uh, I might be mistaken, but I think it was a Blue Milk Special. I don't know if you guys heard of it. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um, and they had said, well, you know, th- this brings up an interesting discussion, and that is what kind of rights do actors have after they've passed away as far as their image goes? I mean, you, you have, you know, you have Elvis Presley on merchandise and things like that. It's, it's usually... To the family, like um, right, right. Because I know, but but there's a difference I think between just somebody's image, and if you are trying to digitally recreate them, and with the advances of technology, those lines are going to get blurred more and more and more. I, I think they would still have to get the rights from the family. You know what I mean? Like because it is his likeness that they're going to be using. But, not, you know, I mean, like, so I'm pretty sure they have to. Yeah, but, like, what if the person doesn't have an estate? And I, I think it does bring up some, some interesting questions now. What, what I thought is, well, at least in Peter Cushing's situation, for example, um, his character was in the Clone Wars animated series, and, you know, he obviously wasn't providing the voice. They had a, a voice actor doing the voice, and it was animated. So, if that was okay, you know, where where does animation end and CGI begin? Because it's all done on a computer. Yeah. But at what point does the realism become so far that you practically have an actor's image acting stuff, you know? 
Hmm. I didn't it's know it's just yeah. like one of those one of those creepy things, you know, with with technology, yeah. where it's like. With well, the probably what I'm thinking, if they do that, though, they'll have an actor play him and just digitally put on the face, like they've done in other things when an actor's died in the middle of it. Well, one one thing I, I well I I also kind of you know cry bullshit on that story is for Revenge of the Sith. Tarkin was in like one very very brief scene, but they had another actor playing him. Yeah, and they and they put him in makeup. And the job was really good. Like, you see photos of the guy more close up than you even did in the film from you know behind the scenes stills and stuff like that. And they did a really good job of making that guy look like Peter Cushing. So, I I think they would definitely go that route before they would say, oh, we're just going to digitally recreate him. Yeah, probably. Did you see? There's been a lot of Star Wars stuff come out the last couple of days. Oh my gosh, yeah. Ever, ever since the Disney D23 convention. Yeah. There's the, the three different Stormtrooper helmets for that movie. See, that, that I, I don't know how much credence to give that either. I it, To me, those images of those two like new-looking helmets... Yeah, like the black one, and then the one that looks more like a... Yeah, to me, they helmet. look... To me, they look very, very, very fan-made. They do not look professionally done. Yeah. And that's just my two cents. Maybe what? I'm insulting some guy who made, you know, two custom helmets or whatever. I don't mean to, but they they did not look... They didn't look even as good as what the 501st does, you know. <laughs> they certainly don't look like something you would see in a, a, a film. I'd, and I don't really see a, a reason... When you're going back in time to the original trilogy just have regular stormtroopers like why why would you have different stormtroopers yeah. except to try to sell you know new action yeah. figures or something true but it, that movie the more i see of it, it gets more and more interesting because doesn't it take place is it like during episode four or prior to episode four it, it would be before it because they're stealing the plans for the death stars yeah that's right that's really yeah. yes yeah. You saw the still photo they had, right? Yeah. Of the the cast. Yeah. It I saw that and I'm like, you know, I I know the director he kind of wants to make like a war movie. A lot of a lot of the people behind the scenes working on it worked on like Black Hawk Down, Save Yeah, Earth, he wants to do like that. war movies. But I I just hope that it still looks like Star Wars. I look at that photo and I'm like, that looks like it could be from Aliens, Battlestar Galactica. It d- nothing about that image said Star, Star Wars, Wars to yeah. me. And that that's a delicate balance I think they need to strike because, yeah, you know, the spinoff movies are kind of a way where they can get a little bit more creative with you know how they make the movie and how they film the movie and stuff like that but i also don't want it to feel so different that it doesn't feel like like star Star wars Wars. yeah i understand and i seen the whole like facebook blew up yesterday with that uh article in the entertainment weekly where you find that he's not a sith i'm like oh who cares <laughs> well, he shouldn't. He shouldn't be a Sith. You know, for those listening, we're talking about Kylo Ren. If you didn't know that, but 
yeah, I think uh, I think it makes sense. I mean, the Sith were destroyed. That that was kind of the whole point. If if they did something stupid, like have the Emperor resurrected or something like that, like they did in the Dark Empire comics. Oh, where he had the uh, the clone. Yeah, yeah it, it it's kind of dumb because that would it would invalidate everything that Anakin went through. His destiny was to destroy the Sith, and he did. Yeah. So to say, oh no, the Emperor had a clone, or or Kylo Ren's a Sith. Yeah, it would like kind of undo a lot of that, and that would just be stupid. <laughs> Steve. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. Your two cents. Unfortunately, I don't really got too you know too much of a, a two cents on any of this news. Me, I, I, it's funny because I people people have actually been asking me about that too. Like people that I work with who are big Star Wars fans, and I tell them I said I don't I don't really follow the Star Wars you know fandom. It's like I'm just I'm one of those guys that I'm just I'm waiting to be sitting in line to actually watch the movie. Like I'll like like I'll look into the mythology and I'll look into the lore and stuff, but otherwise it's like I just. I just want to sit down and watch the movies, or maybe I'll play the games based on them. I'm just, I'm one of those kinds of geeks when it comes to Star Wars. It, it's almost impossible not to pick up stuff. I, I know uh, there was a leaked picture of Luke Skywalker and how he was going to look in the film. And I know a bunch of people that, that just posted that on Facebook. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, seriously, I'm like, why are you doing this? Well, because people might want to see it. It's like, I don't want to see it, Yeah, you know? I try to, like, stay away from that stuff but because as much as I can. I mean, there's some people that will go so far extreme that they're like, I don't even want to see the trailer. Yeah. Well, to me, that's kind of silly because the studio obviously wants you to see that. <laughs> Anything that they officially release, they want seen. The fact that they made everyone who pretty much had that image pull it, they don't want it seen. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, the argument was, well, Eric, everyone knows he's going to be a Jedi in it. Well, for one, no, we don't necessarily know that. We're assuming that. And not only that, but he might look totally different than what we would be expecting, you know? It's like, I'm sorry, I want some surprises, you know? Yeah, yeah. I probably already know more about it than I want to, and I have Unfortunately, to... Eric, as is the case, people nowadays don't like to spoiler-proof their posts, or they they think, oh, they got to share all this shocking stuff. That's why, you know, that, that's why I was kind of actually mad, because when I was on Facebook one time, and, you know, to, like, temporarily switch gears here, you know, ju you know just a tab it, but it does correlate to what you're saying, so, you know, I was, because I, I, I'm a part of a lot of nerd groups, especially like, you know, video game and, you know, comic groups, obviously. But there was a guy who literally had somehow found like a Kodaku article that had been taken down like 12 hours later, where apparently somebody had posted, you know, for example, you know, for example, oh, who the Arkham Knight actually was, you know, in, in the newest Batman game, even though we already know who it is. I knew who it was yeah. before the game was even out. I don't know who it is. I mean, I mean, yeah, we all, I mean, yeah, those of us that are comic fans, it was blatantly obvious. I think they did that just for people that only strictly played the Arkham games, which to me is kind of somewhat fine. But, 
it's just the fact that people nowadays, they either don't spoiler-proof a lot of their stuff, or they're just like, well, you know, it, you know, here, here's to ruin, you know, your, you know, your game or your movie or this or that. And I look at set and, you know, showing set photos and all this stuff. And half of the time in these set photos, the, the photos are so damn grainy or bad that it's like, why'd you even post this in the first place? Like I'm seeing like civil war photos pop up everywhere and people going, Oh, you know, Oh, black Panther's costume is going to look like crap, you know, with all the, or, Oh, you know, Colossus is going to look like crap, you know, because of the guy in the CG suit. And I'm like, why are we even looking at these things? They, you know, we're not going to see it till the final movie. If it's something that's actually interesting, then yeah, okay, share it, but put a spoiler tag just in case it might be something spoiler filled. But if you're just putting on, like, say, for example, like, yeah, in the case of, you know, Mark Hamill's, you know, Luke pick, you know, you're, you're putting something that's from the set or like some kind of Twitter production, you know, goof up photo that somebody put maybe for promotional material, then, you know, either A, don't show it or B, put a spoiler tag to it or say, you know, hey, rumored that I just I get I think we are now living in an age of clickbait material. Am I oh, not absolutely. wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many headings do you see? on articles, like, especially on Facebook and stuff, there'll be an article, and it will be like, blah, 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 you won't believe what happens next. <laughs> like, that's every every single one is like... You won't believe what happened next. Marvel finally makes a Black Widow action figure for little girls. <laughs> <laughs> they actually put her in the main DVD cover for Age of Ultron. Like, you know, like... like I mean, I mean, I don't mean to joke about that, but I feel like I have to put that snidely comment in there because I still couldn't believe when I looked at the DVD cover that, you know, they honestly couldn't afford to put Blackwood or Scarlet Witch on there, at least like both of them, since, you know, in, in today's society, we don't have female characters. We got all macho male characters. It's ridiculous. They should know better by now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, exactly. And, you know, the guys making the DVD covers didn't think that there would be a backlash or a problem with this. But anyway, no, I mean, I I saw the Mark Hamill photo, and I just looked at it, and I was like, eh, he looks like the good guy version of the Emperor. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was just my attitude, Eric. I'm just like, I don't care. It's like, I just, I want to, I just, like, I just want to watch the movie, and it's, it's funny because I usually go to the movies by myself or occasionally I'll go with my mother, but... Me, like two or three of my coworkers, that you know, you know their kid, you know their kids or my coworkers, however you want to put it. But basically, we're now planning by the end of December, like a group gathering to go and see this movie. That literally, that that is something that literally you cannot plan for. You know, not not even just from a fandom point of view, but it's something that it's something like Star Wars, because you know, because when I look at Star Wars, it's the same way, Eric, that. You, me, JW, or anybody, whether we are the younger generation or the generation that actually grew up when Star Wars was in the theater, it's like Star Wars is just, it's one of, it's not even just a film, it's just, it is an experience that you really can't put in words. You have to watch it for yourself, just the way that the story plays out. I know it's going to be interesting. I'd, I'd like. Oh, I to, thought I lost y'all there for a moment. <laughs> no, I I'd like to have a big group to go see it because man, I haven't. 
I haven't done that probably since uh, Phantom Menace. I went, you know, o- opening night with a bunch of friends. Now, when Attack of the Clones came out, it came out the same weekend I was getting married. Oh, no. So, <laughs> unfortunately, didn't get to see it on opening night because opening night was the night of the uh, of the wedding rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I remember we... Uh, my, my wife and I honeymooned in Ireland, and while we were there, the one town we were in had a movie theater that was playing it. And we're like, oh, wow, well, at least on our honeymoon, we'll get to see Attack of the Clones, you know? And we were in... Now, now it, I will say that every, every place that we went in Ireland was beautiful. But for whatever reason, this one town we were in was like the armpit of... The country i guess <laughs> and 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 i know this because we would mention where we had stayed for that one night to other people who lived in ireland and they were just kind of like oh i'm so sorry you know <laughs> <laughs> like even they knew it was a shitty town but uh so we went to this theater and the theater was like imagine that you took like a very very small gym room for like a, a middle school and you put a bunch of chairs folding chairs in it it was like one step above that oh my gosh <laughs> and oh god it sat maybe it had to be like less than 300 people like maybe 100 150 people is this really really tiny theater and so the movie starts and it's out of focus and the image is actually like bouncing and we got through, like, the first scene, and we're like, no, no. We, we can't watch it like this. And we, we left, got our money back and stuff. So Attack of the Clones, didn't get to see that on opening night with a group. And then Revenge of the Sith, I went with my wife and one of my friends, maybe two of my friends, I can't remember, but we went to see the midnight showing for that. So... um. And that wasn't, like, a big group of us. So I'm really looking forward to trying to do something like that this time. But yeah. I might be trooping it, too, so who knows. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping that I get to troop it. And everyone, like, when I talked to Ryan and Courtney, they said that when they troop whatever movie the last time, they, uh, after the show and stuff, they had, like, a private screening for all of us. Oh, that'd be great. So... Because we can't go in, because we can't go in to see it because they want us out, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they do that, that would be awesome. Yeah. So um, let me see. Um, there was something I want to talk about. I just got to find it again. Oh, um, Secret Wars. I, I don't know if either of you have been reading this, the Marvel Secret Wars. Um, it has been delayed, big time, like. Uh, it's supposed to end on issue 8 and it would have to be like next month because uh, in October the new books start coming out the new solicitation books and it's only on I think issue 4 like 1 and 2 came out almost back to back like one week after other or like two weeks apart or something like that and then issue 3 took like a month and, and 
issue four took like a month and a half, and I think issue five came out this week, and so they still have three more to get out next month. But now I see Marvel announced it; they're expanding it to nine issues. So some, unless they're going to put out like an issue a week, there's just like it's running into that problem where I forget. It was another, I think, DC or something ran into it with one of their crisis things where the new books after it was over were coming out before the event was even over. So it's going to be uh, interesting, to say the least. And I see that like Flash, they've been uh, naming a bunch of new cast members. I guess Jesse Quick's going to be on this next season. And... I don't know. <laughs> There's a little yappy dog somewhere. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, I was about, yeah, I was about ready to say somebody's somebody's got the little foo-foo dog running around angrily trying to trying to find its ball. It's outside <laughs> on the somewhere. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of casting news, especially, like, since I've been in the hospital. <laughs> um, yeah, because, uh... I haven't followed any, like, TV stuff lately. Like, I have no idea what's coming out, what isn't. Well, you know, you, we still have our Flash, Arrow, um... Uh, the Batman show, Gotham... You know, those ones. And then this next season, you got Supergirl coming out in CBS. I don't know when any of them start. I don't know 100% um, exactly when they start. It's usually September and October. Um, I think Arrow and Flash come back the first week of October. Like October 4th, I'm thinking it is. Um, And then next month, you have Heroes Reborn coming back. And then they, in mid-season you have that uh, Heroes of the Future or whatever it's called that the, the spin-off from Arrow and Flash. Now is that gonna is that supposed to air like at roughly the same time or are they going to do one of those things where they take a break like over Christmas? And yeah, they... I think it's going to air during that that break that you know the mid-season break okay sort of From like what... sort of like what when shield took the break how they put on that agent carter right right i heard um white canary though is supposed to actually be on flash first i think like they're going to introduce her there and then yeah well you know she was on arrow but yeah um, and that day had announced that, I mean, if you watched that Constantine show that was on NBC this was last year that got canceled, um, that Constantine and that the actor who played him is going to be on Arrow this season. So it's like tying it all together. It'll be interesting. I can't wait to see Matt Ryan put the trench coat back on. That has me and so many other people excited. Yeah. 
I didn't. Because he is literally the most authentic to John from the comics. Yeah, of the two that they've had. <laughs> yeah, no, I I didn't watch Constantine at all, but I'm kind of interested in how they're doing that because it's all in different networks. Well, it got canceled. Yeah, yeah it got canceled, and, no and Stephen Amell made a, a petition to try to save the show, and since they didn't, but since so many people signed the petition, Eric, you know, the president of CW is like, well... You know, after Stephen Amell kept, you know, kept saying, well, if the show's canceled, you know, why don't we just get him to make a guest appearance as John? And finally, I guess CW relented and they're like, eh, you know, why the hell not? We'll put it as a as a season four thing since he's now going to be called the Green Arrow. The show's still called the Arrow, but he's going to be Green Arrow. Um, but they said that the Constantine storyline is going to have a lot to do with um, with White Canary being resurrected. Well, that kind of makes sense, yeah. Um, there was something else, too. Though. I can't quite remember. He's supposed to face Double Down, from what I was told, oh, which there's... Double Down's going to be a meta this time, so, so not Barry, but Ollie's going to be facing his second meta-human on Arrow. And did you see, like, when they cast Wally? I had called this, like, last year. I said, oh, it's. Good. Well, we already knew that Wally was going to be the new 52 black version. It would be weird if, you know, if, if Joe and Iris had, like, a white grandson. Yeah. Well, I was it'd trying. Be, it, it'd, be like, it'd be like Rick Ashley having Barry White's voice. It, it wouldn't make sense. Because I was. We were trying to figure out how, you know, he was going to be related because. You know, he's supposed to be Barry and Iris's nephew, but since Iris is an only they're child... saying he's supposed to be Joe's, like, nephew or something, and, like, yeah, they're know, gonna change cousin. It. Yeah, that's how, that's what I figured they were going to do with that, but, uh, that'll be interesting. And I'll, I, uh, I, in an interview with Stephen Amell, he said this season of Arrow is very much like year one of Green Arrow. You know, the, the year one story. Which kind of makes sense. Like, the last three years was his origin, and now he's, you know, year one is actually the superhero Green Arrow. Hmm. I think they were saying that this time when they do the Flash Arrow crossover that they've, they've allegedly said that the main villain of that crossover... I don't know if it's going to be on both shows. I'm thinking it's going to be more Flash. They said for, like, Flash's episode is supposed to deal with Vandal Savage and Hawkman. And I was like, ooh, that's going to be fun. Yeah, because Hawkman's going to be on that uh, Heroes of the Future or whatever that show is. Can uh, Hawk Girls. Well, I mean, then, then, you know, then again, they, they alluded that Hawkman might be on Legends of Tomorrow, but they said it's going to be, I think, more Hawk Girl that we're going to see. Well, yeah, but Hawkman's going to be on there, too, because I remember reading the thing that they had cast him for. But they did announce something that I do rather like, and I was talking with another buddy of mine about, is that with Legends of Tomorrow, we're not going to see Heat Wave for a while, because they're actually going to flush him out in Legends of Tomorrow. So we're going to have... Literally, this maybe even this majority to like the entire you know second season here of Flash, we're gonna have like no rogue episodes, which I'm actually okay with because mm -hmm. let that still be a slow burn. 
they, you know, to that, you know, to, you know, yeah, to Wentworth, Wentworth Miller's, you know, Captain Cold recruiting people. I've seen that they cast some other rogues this season. I can't quite remember offhand, but I just remember seeing them as I went through. Either which way, I'm looking forward to seeing, like, you know, what they do with Fla- what they do with Flash, and you know, hearing, you know, hearing about, you know, Zoom, and that apparently this Zoom is going to be a lot faster than Barry, a lot faster than even Thrawn. So he's like, he's basically faster than Barry and Reverse Flash combined. Um, which that that's a little bit scary. Yeah. Um, but a lot, but there's a lot of theories that since okay, Jay Garrick's in the show, that maybe you know Zoom is the Reverse Flash of Earth Two. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Tokamak, is that how you say his name? It's one of Flash's rogues gallery. Tokamak, T O K A M A K. I don't know. I don't know. But he's going to be on there this season. I know they're saying that Edge is supposed to play Adam Smasher, and that yeah. that'll be interesting to see. Yes. Uh, I think I don't think I have any other news really. Well, that gets old stuff. Um. So. Just a bunch of others, uh, a bunch of other related news. Like, there's so much out there that they're still feeding people. Yeah. Yeah, it trickles down. Um, I don't know if any of you, like, well, I know Eric didn't because he doesn't watch that, but the Fear the Walking Dead debuted this past weekend on Sunday. Um, I didn't watch it till Monday. So I was busy watching something else. But uh, it's quite different than The Walking Dead. Like, it just has a different feel to it. Whereas, like, The Walking Dead started out like, you know, you dumped in the middle of this zombie apocalypse and you have no idea what's going on. Like, this one, of course, is at the beginning of it. And it's it feels more like there's... Uh, Dawn of the Dead movies, like the newer ones, like the remakes, where it's you have this group of people and they're all just trying to figure it out at the beginning. So there isn't many zombies at all, but uh, so it's more it's it's really based on this family, this mixed family, and it's only six episodes, which seems kind of short, but we'll see how that. I have no problem with short as long as they're good, you know. Well, the first season of The Walking Dead was rather short as well. I think it was. I think they were six episodes. Yeah, it was really it was short. Like I know, I think it was less than ten. Um, and then of course it did so good, and now you know, it's only one show on cable television. You know, speaking of zombies, I actually saw a zombie movie the other day. Uh, just just came to DVD not too long ago called Maggie. Okay, I haven't seen it, but... Uh, have you heard of... Have you heard about it? I've just seen, like, you know, as I'm going through... Okay. Well, it's with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it's completely 
it's completely not an action role at all. It is a drama, straight up drama. Oh. And oh. and, and he, he's actually fairly good in it, you know, as far as like being able to kind of go in that range, but the the movie is very slow. And it's like they kind of tried to do something different with it. They said, well, instead of it being, ah, you know, shotgun to the face, you know, stop all these zombies from attacking, his daughter, Maggie, got infected. And apparently at this point, uh, they know, like, how long it takes someone to turn and stuff like that. And they, they have the people that are infected generally quarantined. Well, he's basically allowed to take his daughter home for, like, a week or two. And when her symptoms get bad enough, he's supposed to take her back into quarantine. And so it, it's really... It's really, like, about this father coming to terms with knowing his daughter has a terminal disease, is the best way to put it. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's not action zombie flick it's more like he knows his girl's gonna die kind of thing and uh so it was it was definitely an interesting take on a genre that's been absolutely beat to death um but on the other hand it it's not a very cheerful movie it's very depressing yeah sounds it's like... it's very depressing and very slow um and it's not the kind of movie that I like for, for one big reason, is I don't like movies where it's about people dealing with a inevitable outcome. Like, to me, I think it would be different if it was he's in search of a cure or something like that, something where you're going to change the inevitable. But I, I don't necessarily care for movies where it's like, well, shit's gonna happen, and that's kind of where we end. Yeah. <laughs> like, Nothing you can do about it. Like, like there was a. Uh, I don't know if you saw the Nick Cage movie Knowing, where it was like. Oh no, I couldn't watch that. Uh, uh, okay, well, it, it's kind of like th this guy, and he knows, you know, the world's gonna end and stuff like that. Wasn't that a M Night Shyamalan movie? No, no, it wasn't. Oh, it's. Uh, like... You're thinking of the happening. Yeah. Okay. That yeah, was yeah. It. But, but this one, it's kind of like, by the time the movie ends, does the world end? Yeah. Okay, well, so what's the whole point of the movie? You know, I, I don't like stuff where it's just, like, people dealing with the inevitable. I like it where there's, there's some action that they do that can change things or make things better. Or it doesn't even necessarily have to have a happy ending, but I, I like to see people attempting to do something where they have some motivation other than, well, life sucks, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, right. So, do we want to get into reviewing some comic books? It's been a while. I, I didn't really I didn't really read any besides the uh the issue one and two of the Ghostbusters. The issue three came out today. I just seen it when I was at the, at the bookstore. <laughs> I was like, wow, we are really behind. <laughs> well, I think last podcast two was just about ready to come out. 
Yeah, because remember I did add it. That yeah. Yeah. So yeah, th that's all I've been able to read is the first two of of that. Do you have anything you want to uh, review, Stephen? Trying to think off the top of my head because yeah, it's been so long that I think that I think even for like, I think I only got like one book for the lightning round that I can vaguely remember off the top of my head. Just. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, you, you, it, it's definitely been a while that that I can't really remember off the top of my head almost everything. Like, I could barely remember reading the Ghostbusters issue, and I could barely even remember one of my Lightning Round books. Yeah, say, same here. I'm, I'm like, wait, now what happened in that Ghostbusters one? <laughs> well, but... Alright, well... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, real quickly, this was something, Eric, that you and I were talking about. I don't know if JW snuck into the room when we were actually talking about this, but I just actually, not less than an hour ago, I saw an article that I really had to bring to everybody's attention just because this shows how dumb the world truly is becoming, more so here in the U.S., because apparently I just read an article where apparently this girl got sent home from school with one of those disciplinary letters that you that you know most parents get whenever their kids are inappropriately dressed or they bring something that you know is considered offensive. Well, apparently this this girl from this undesignated school that's not being named, I guess for obvious reasons, um, was sent home with a letter saying that oh they didn't appreciate the girl's lunchbox that she brought because it it portrayed a you know a violent character who only solved problems with you know violence and violated you know the school's dress code and and i jokingly told eric as a suspenseful build-up i said do you want to know who was on this girl's lunchbox it's a matter, a matter of fact i'll tell all of y'all and and this just like right here made me laugh and not only the irony but the stupidity um it had freaking wonder woman on it they sent this girl home with a disciplinary letter for having a wonder woman lunchbox and even better jw was the was the logic and reasoning for why they didn't want they banned this girl from bringing this Wonder Woman lunchbox because, oh well, superheroes fall under the category of you know characters who solve problems with violence. And I looked at that and I'm like, um, this is Diana. She's not like Bruce. She doesn't beat the shit out of people. Yeah, to you know, say she, to say they solve with violence is it shows that they really don't know the material. Yeah, and. They're they're looking at it completely one dimensionally, you know. I mean, oh, I mean that, oh, you I've, know, I've that, seen them get into physical it's fights. The Therefore, that's how they solve all their problems. It's that whole thing with heavy metal makes people kill people. And it's, exactly, and 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 it's like I told Eric J W. It's like okay, I can let the dress code thing, you know, kind of slide, kind of slide. But at the same time, it's like everybody's always talked crap, even soccer moms about. You know, Diana's outfit being risque and this or that. And what made it really worse was that the Wonder Woman that was on this lunchbox was the Perez Wonder Woman, which is the most, like, you know, vibrant. The long dress? What? Like the, the long dress? <laughs> it wasn't the long dress. It was, like, the bikini bottom one oh, still okay, there. Yeah. But, but, you know, but it was, like, the traditional, you know, bikini, you know, bikini one-piece bathing suit, corset, 
you know, Perez. This has been around forever. Yeah, the Super <laughs> yeah. Friends version. Yeah, yeah, the traditional Wonder Woman outfit that we know, but it, but the art style to me just looked like it was George Perez, or it was right around the time of Super Friends. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was that particular design for Diana, which is the more, like, you know, kid-friendly and wholesome-looking Wonder Woman image, which made me laugh that they tried to call it risque, just because, oh, she's, she's got thigh-high boots and, you know, she and her legs are bare. It's like okay, whatever. But then to say, but then the irony in that statement is, oh well, she's a, you know, we don't want her to bring this lunchbox because it portrays a character that solves their problems with violence. And I'm like, oh irony, you are such a beautiful mistress. Well, he, here's here's the really horrible part, is you got to figure there's probably two or three people involved in this decision. You know, first you would have to have someone who, whoever the person was who saw the lunchbox, and they had to have a problem with it. And then, unless that person was like the principal of the school or whatever, they must have gone and told someone higher up that there's this lunchbox that's problematic, and then that person made a decision about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so... how, how many people may have been involved in you know, getting all bent out of shape about a freaking lunchbox. And it's not even just that, Eric, but, like, the lunchbox is the stereotypical lunchbox that you, me, or JW probably would carry when we were kids. Like, the front of it just said Wonder Woman, and it was just, like, a, a facial portrait of Diana, you know, smiling or, like, having a happy look. And then the back, literally, I think it said, you know, as wise as Aphrodite, as beautiful as, no, it was, you know, as, you know, as radiant as Aphrodite and as wise as Athena. You know, like, basically, you know, playing on the traits, though, yeah, you know, she's smart and she's beautiful, and it's just, and it's Wonder Woman in, like, you know, that flying pose that she used to have in the 70s or 80s with her lasso, like, reared back in a very, like, non-threatening manner. You know, it's a very superheroic pose for Diana that we've seen, you know, an, almost an iconic pose. And it's like, yeah, it's like, you you got to figure, like, they looked at that, and they're, and... And I love what somebody literally literally posted, and I love the sarcasm, Eric. They said, "Well, oh, is somebody going to basically be sent home or have a child arrested for having a high school kid arrested for, you know, wearing a Marine T-shirt and impersonating somebody in the military, basically?" Well, yeah, that might offend people who, uh, you know, aren't naturally born American citizens or some weird shit they'll make up. I mean. You know, it, okay, if if you go back to when I was in school, my lunchbox, I had uh, Transformers. Probably today, they would say, no, you can't have that because I had it, pictures them, it pictures them holding guns. I had G.I. Joe. Oh, and that would be even Dude, worse. Dude, I had the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> well, Ninja Turtles, they have weapons, but at least they're not guns. So. Do you remember after the first movie parents like got upset because of the weapons so every movie after that they never used their weapons like I remember Michelangelo in the one scene instead of using his nunchucks he had like pepperoni sticks that he used like nunchucks <laughs> I mean you know that see that that's something that 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 I have to laugh at as parents going Oh well, you're teaching kids to be violent, and I watch, and I and I just look at those people, and I'm like, 
I'm like, okay, so they're using nunchucks and they're using swords and a bow staff and size. Did you see Raphael stab anybody with his size? No, half half of the time, a lot of the stuff that a lot of the stuff that the turtles did when they used their weapons, whether it was in the live action movie or in the cartoons, a lot of it was like for slapstick purposes, like Three Stooges shit. Yeah, or defending like exactly like they would block shots with their weapons. Yeah, it's, it's like, come on now. Every day you hear these stories and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, really? Come on, you know. How many of us grew up to be perfectly uh, responsible, normal human beings? And Exactly. We played the G.I. Joe, Transformers, you know. G.I. Joe, Transformers, Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Biker Mice from Mars, the original Swamp Thing with the, you know, what with the no with the freaking Wild Thing ripoff music. You know, we li- you know, Mighty Max. I could go down entire list of shows that literally should have turned us into Freakazoid and Animaniacs and Pinky in the Brain. Literally stuff that should have made us mind-numbing zombies. But instead, we actually have imaginations and senses of humor and can actually be responsible and not be, you know, freaking, you know, half of these, you know, kids that aren't getting their asses beat, even the adults. I'm, I'm going to be honest, the adults need an ass whooping, too. <laughs> you know, that, you know, that literally, you know, that literally now have this, you know, freaking Donald Trump, you know, enterprising you know, I don't care what you have to say because the only opinion that matters is mine kind of attitude. And and it's like and it's like, look, I'm gonna be honest with you know, I I wanna look at these people and I want and I wanna honestly tell them like, look, you know, I respect the fact that you think that you're king shit, but I'm sorry. There's only one person that's ever been able to pull off, you know, the bad guy role, and that was Scott Hall when he was Razor Ramon back in you know, back in the eighties and nineties of WWE. <laughs> Something happens to the school, Chico. Something's gonna happen to you. I tell you, I'm I'm just glad I'm an adult now, and and yeah. you know, cause cause I hear about what goes on with schools and oh. and all this zero tolerance crap, yeah. and it, you know, to me the way I view zero tolerance in schools is people that don't want to do a freaking job, they don't want to have to make a judgment call, they don't want to have to think anything through, they just want to say, well. Uh, we can't do this, and my hands are tied because zero tolerance, blah, blah, blah. It, it, it's just a way of, you know, shrugging off any sort of responsibility for themselves to to do a job and make a decision. It's it, it's dumb. Yep. And, and it is funny, you know, you think about that, like a lunchbox. And, it, Steve, until you brought up the story, it, ne- it never occurred to me. But you hear all the time about, you know, a, a kid makes a gun shape with his hand and, you know, he's suspended or some stupid stuff like that. But it's like, I think, yeah, well, my my lunchbox had guns on with the Transformers. Yeah, I, if I was a child today, I could potentially have gotten in trouble or gotten sent home oh, or something. I, my, my thing I always like to bring up is um, when I was in grade school, like fifth grade or something, I had this like, I guess it was a cap gun, but it was metal, and it looked like uh, an old German Luger. And I used to bring that to school, like, every day to play with on the playground. 
do you, can you imagine if, if if I gave it to my kids to take to school today? They would lock lock down the school, they would call a SWAT team in. Yeah, it's like, it's a toy. They would handcuff the kids' arms like that one deputy did in that video that I saw. It's like, it's literally becoming very ridiculous to the point that it's like, why do we even have recess? Why do we even have, have school anyway? We might as well just put half of these kids, you know, into a prison system, because that seems to be what society is trying to tell us. That everybody that, uh, you know, it, it's funny, every time, uh, every you know, just, you gave me the mental image now, you you and JW, of, you know, anybody who's out there, you know, who's a gamer will know this reference. It reminded me of that scene in the game PsyOps, where you got all the people, like, walking in a straight line, you just got this guy on the loudspeaker going, you know, there will be zero tolerance. There will be zero chance of rebellion. This is, you know, you must conform. This is the movement. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's pathetic. Wow. We're, we're getting off topic. Yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah, okay, switching now, back now to what we were originally going to do. we're all serious, you know. Yeah, we gotta, can't do that. But, I mean, it, it, it's true, though. You know, our society is getting worse and worse, guys, and it really, you know, saddens me as a guy who is, you know, approaching his 30s and is starting to really rethink his life, you know, rethinking about, well, you know, in, in the next couple of years, you know, would I want to settle down and have a family? And I just, I made a statement to one of my coworkers, one of my older coworkers. It's like, you know, I don't think I want to have kids now, not just for personal reasons, but, you know, just period. It's like, this is not a generation to raise kids in. It's just... It's way too dark, it's way too depressing, it's way too negative. People are assholes. You know, kids are assholes. You know, freaking senior citizens, dementia or otherwise, are assholes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it, it, it's, it's like, you know... It, it's like, <laughs> I'm just picturing space balls. I'm surrounded by assholes. <laughs> yeah. L- yeah, literally, I am Rick Moranis in space balls right now. Every single day when I'm at my workplace, pissed off. It's like... I'm surrounded by assholes. <laughs> and then you just and then you just cut to that then you just cut to major asshole in the corner just sitting there with like that angry Forrest Gump dirt face with his, you know, crossed eyeballs. <laughs> oh my. Your rant for this evening brought to you by Steve. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, you know, I could literally spend the entire show and then some just, like, ranting about society and how terrible it is in general, but, you know, well, I, we're, we're a fun podcast. We're meant to make this fun for you guys, but every once in a while, you know, there there are topics like this that I think that, you know, the three of us, and even, some, and even oftentimes getting the two cents from our guests and stuff, that really do need to be addressed because it, it is becoming an issue, not just in the U.S., but worldwide. You know, people not wanting to use common sense or just even common decency in general. Yeah, I agree. All right. So, do anybody but me have any comic books to talk about? Um, I got only one book that I could honestly really review. And you know, and even give my thoughts because I can still remember my thoughts for like you know the Ghostbusters issue that I particularly read, which I'll admit was actually kind of fun. It it was, it was interesting to see what they did with it, where they were like taking all the different 
Ghostbuster universes yeah, and we'll, putting them together. We'll, we'll get to it. But um, I have a... If you don't have... You just have the one, Steve, if you want to go ahead. I just had the one more for, like, the lightning round, but might as well just make it the only book that I can review. Go ahead. I mean, we're behind, so... Yeah, I mean, but the book... But I think... But the one that I at least remember out of the two that I had read that I was going to use for the lightning round... Um, was I was actually was I had just recently finally sat down and I actually read um, Teen Titans Earth One and I gotta say you know Jeff Lemire created a very interesting scenario that I want to see play out in Volume Two if and when it comes out because they added the premise where it begins with like you know an alien space crash and people investigating and quarantining. You know, this baby, well, we find out towards the end of the book that this baby is actually, of course, this boat, you know, Earth One's version of Starfire. And that apparently she has, like, you know, psychic abilities because she keeps calling out to Raven, who um, is actually Native American. She's not, you know, a half-human, half-demon hybrid, but rather um, she is the daughter of, of, like, you know, the, you know, the chief shaman of this Native American tribe. I don't know if it's you know, Navajo or Cherokee, they don't really specify. Um, but it, I, I kind of enjoyed that twist, you know, the fact that Raven actually, you know, is more like a Native American spirit guide of sorts, which, you know, I'm like, you know, that kind of fits for her character. I can actually see that being a cool change. I and, mean, of course, you know, we meet Vic, Garth, Tara, um, Jericho, and all the other Titans that are actually in this book. I think I just named all of them, um, but they all go to the same high school that is run by Vic's mom. When and we find out, and we eventually find out that actually Vic's mom, along with all the parents of the other Titans, um, were all scientists that worked for Project Cadmus, and that basically all their children are actually test tube baby experiments to try to create, you know, metahumans or we're like you know, alien hybrid experiments. So it isn't until almost like X-Men style that when they hit a certain age of puberty, i.e. their teens, like, you know, they're, you know, like 15, 16, et cetera, and so forth, that they start to really develop their powers and have all these things happen to them that trigger their powers. You know, Tara with her, you know, her seismic abilities, Vic's skin starts turning into organic metal and he starts you know, becoming cyborg, even though he doesn't actually form his arm cannon or anything, he just, his skin becomes metallic, and he just has super strength and enhanced durability. Um, Jericho's stereotypical abilities aren't used until the very end of the book, and it's funny because the way they do Deathstroke, I had to laugh at Deathstroke, and I know, I know for a fact, JW, that you and Eric are going to hate this description, but I roughly put it as take Grandpa Max and, and you know and Flintlock Woods dad from Cloudy with a Chance and Meatballs and merge the two together and this is supposed to be Deathstroke. I mean he's I mean he is literally that stereotypical like you know fat like you know fat beer gut bellied you know just like chiseled grizzly of a man kind of you know like archetype. Um, but it was, but I mean, he's, you know, he wasn't completely useless. He did actually take down Terra and a lot of the other Titans pretty easily, which I, I could actually forgive that. And they say that he was supposedly a, an X like special ops, you know, leader. Like it's supposed to be something similar to the game series XCOM. Like he was a specialist. 
Um, and so they, and so we're journeying with the Titans as they're finding out that, yeah, their lives have been all a complete lie, that they're just like genetic experiments to then they actually free Starfire. Um, and then after that, she goes to meet up with Raven in this, you know, cave that has like a Native American prophecy that actually involves each of the Titans. And, you know, it's like Jeff Lemire kind of went all over the place in some places. And I think that's stuff that he's going to try to bring back maybe in the second volume. But it was certainly very interesting to see, like, a new, fresh take on the Titans, the fact that all of them were acquainted with each other, minus Raven um, and Starfire, and the fact that, you know, their powers weren't, like, individual tragedies or accidents, but but that, rather, they all were genetic experiments, you know, due to tampering with Starfire's DNA. So I was like, I, I, I actually could enjoy, you know, that particular take on, on the characters. And I look forward to seeing what Jeff Lemire does when he rolls out and if he writes, you know, volume two. Yeah. I have that. I haven't read it yet. I'm so far behind on some stuff. <laughs> but uh, I, I always like the Titans. Jeff Lemire, um, there's a, another Titans sort of storyline coming I think starts in October, November. Um, I can't even think what it's called now. So my brain isn't working. But, uh, and that's uh, Titans Year One. I mean, Earth Two. You said. Um, it is. You know, it, it's part of DC's like Earth One, like graphic novel series. And so this is like Jeff Lemire's, you know, version of the Teen Titans that he wrote, which. Like I said, it's actually a pretty interesting new take on the fact that all the Titans are actually, you know, they're all acquainted with each other, like I said, minus Raven and Starfire. But it's also interesting that they're almost kind of like, you know, a test tube baby version of the X-Men. Like, their powers don't manifest until, like, they're triggered, you know, by their puberty. Yeah, that's not interesting. I will have to read it. Like I said, I have all those year one, I mean... Earth one thing so far, and I just haven't. I think the Superman, the first Superman ones, anyone has read so far. All right, I have a couple books. Um, I'll just go over them real quick. Uh, I think most of these I read while I was in the hospital, but uh, the first one's Batman, number forty-two, and this is like the second issue of the. The robot Batman, or like the mech suit Batman, um, he he he's upset because he doesn't have a Batmobile, and so they end up getting this giant truck, like rig thing, that's like his cave and the Batmobile all in the same the same thing. And there's this uh, new villain, because that's one thing that Scott Snyder said that um, now they're gonna like start making some new villains for Batman. And I can't remember, it's been so long since I read this, what this guy's name is. But he, like, can control dirt and, like, you know, anything that's made out of, uh, like, molecule. I don't even know, like, um, made out of silicate. So, like, um, bricks, like, he can control bricks and all this stuff. Um, but at the end of this, it's a continuation, of course. But uh, there was a little hint in, in issue 41 when it came back that Bruce Wayne was still alive. And 
in this one, it's very obvious he is because, well, he's in it. Like, they call him, you know, Bruce and Mr. Wayne. So it's like, really, Batman and Bruce Wayne are two separate people now. Um, and at the end, he walks into this room and... Spoiler alert, Jim Gordon is the new Batman. Um, and he's... Wait, in the, in the suit? Yeah. Yeah. He he doesn't look like Gordon anymore, though. He, like, has this, like, military haircut. He shaved off the mustache. He wears contacts. It looks like they went back in time and, you know, got him when he was a, in his 20s. But, so, you know, he's there and tell him that he has to talk to Bruce about something. So, um, I'm still not 100% sold on this Batman thing. Because you know eventually it's going to go back to Bruce and it's with Batman. But until then, you know, I don't know. I'm not completely sold on that. Uh, my second book was G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, number 216. Um, and this is by IDW. Um, they have like two different G.I. Joe universes in IDW. Uh, this is the one I usually read. It's a continuation of the old Marvel stuff. It's still written by Larry Hama. Um, it's the start of a new like story arc called Cobra Rising. Um, the story arc right before this was called uh, The Death of Snake Eyes. And the original Snake Eyes does die. <laughs> and there's a new guy who took over his place. Um, and of course they have a little in that their storyline he ends up with the same kind of disfigurement so he can't talk his face is all burned you know. that, that is retarded like, well, like what would be the chance I'm going to take over the mantle of snake eyes and then I'm going to have an accident which makes me kind of like the original yeah only he's like even better I don't know he's the son of one of the original um Fred's, if you remember the 80s G.I. Joe. The Fred's were the uh, Crimson Guardsmen. And uh, he's a son of one of them. So, But anyways, this here is Cobra Rising, and it is about... Um, it's like Cobra's coming back. Like, they, they've still been around, and, you know... Um, and it's them, like, really starting to uh, pick up steam and become this big worldwide uh, terrorist group again. It's interesting. Like I said, Larry Hama still writes it. You know, he's written like every issue of that G.I. Joe, like 216 issues of it. Um, he's, that's why I usually follow that one because it's the original to what I know. Um, and my last book I I want to cover is um, Haunt, Volume 1. Um, I've been tr getting, like, trying to find these trades cheap on Amazon. And this thing is from Image. It's written by uh, uh, Robert Kirkman and Todd McFarlane. And since it was Kirkman, that's one reason why I got it. And then uh, it's... Um, Greg Capolo does the layouts and Ryan Oatley draws, but I know after this first arc, um, Greg Capullo takes over completely. But um, it's about a 
priest, and his brother is like a government black ops hitman type. He works for like this FBI sort of thing. And uh, his brother gets killed, gets murdered, and he, um, well, he's on this mission. And him and his bro- for some reason, his brother's ghost is haunting the, the, pat- the preacher. And they form this thing called Haunt. And it's kind of, it's very Spawn-like. Of course, there's Todd McFarlane, you know, they're all going to be like Spawn. But um, it's a little different because the, the, the preacher brother, you know, hates his other brother because, which they don't really cover in here, but for some reason, like, the brother who's dead's wife was the, the preacher's girlfriend at one point. So he, like, stole her from him and it made him, like, not like him. So the whole, the whole, the whole book is when they're haunt. You know, they're trying to each fight for control. And uh, it's a very interesting um, story. I mean, it, I don't know. It's, it's Spawn, but it's more, it has like some spy stuff to it and, and things like that. Uh, but I, I'm, I had going to order the other, I think there's five volumes. I've get, always said when it came to Haunt, when I actually read that, was it's pretty much imagine what would happen if McFarlane merged Venom with Spawn. Because that's kind of what the character reminded me of when I actually first started reading him. Yeah, well, Spawn's kind of like Venom anyways. Like, he's... I don't know. I mean, it's, it, it's just that vibe. Because when you look at the cover of the character, it's like it... Like it just it, it looks very symbiote-esque, but it's also like you see the spawn elements, and certainly and certainly there's a lot of interest. I I want to pick up more and read it because I, I like because like you I only have like you know the first volume or two I think and may even just actually have like only the first volume, but I want to try to want to try to read more into the character because the character seemed interesting, especially with how the powers worked. Yeah, yeah, that was. Quite strange, but and then at the end, they, they, that the FBI, black ops team hires the preacher brother. So, but those were my books. Um, I had some other ones, but uh, I, but I'm gonna get into those. Um. And so we're to the book of the week from three weeks ago. Uh, it was Ghostbusters Get Real, right? Is that what it was called? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I believe so. All right. And uh, that was your book of the week, Eric. So if you want to go ahead and, re- and give us your take on it. Well, once again, it was so long ago, I, I forget a lot of what happened, but it it starts in one Ghostbusters universe, uh, the real Ghostbusters. Like the uh, animated. Cartoon, yeah. And then at some point, because um, I think there's some god that is, he want, he wants to take out the Ghostbusters preemptively. And uh, <laughs> you can jump in and correct me if I'm totally getting this wrong, but there's this god and he wants to 
take out the Ghostbusters preemptively before, you know, he makes his move on the world because they would be able to to take him out. And it it, it ends up universe hopping a bit and the real Ghostbusters end up going into a universe with um I for, I forget what version of it, it it's like the movie versions I think but they're drawn Weird. differently yeah yeah and then at some point it looks like they're going to end up with like the extreme ghostbusters and um I think there might be another one in uh, like another ghostbusters universe but I guess they're going to be like hopping through these different universes and meeting alternate versions of themselves and stuff. Yeah, it's it's when I when I first seen it, like there's four covers, like each issue, and I think what the first one had like Vinkman and you know the two, and they all liked it. They had the animated and then the other one, and they all like combined. So it's like a four issue mini series. I don't know three comes out this week, so it's probably a couple weeks and then four will be out. Um, yeah, I read those two, but like it was so long. That was even before the hospital, so I don't remember a whole lot of the story. I just remember that it was like the animated. Because when I first started reading it, I was like, "Oh, it's it's going to be like the animated characters," and then they brought in the other ones, and I was like, "I didn't like the way they were drawn. They were like angled and stuff. They just looked weird." Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Like the, like the, the I guess the movie yeah. versions of them were drawn really weird. Like, like Winston had a face that looked more like Pyramid Head or something, yeah. something like that. Yeah. 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 So. Let's not forget about the fact that you know Ray had that chunky Campbell's face, as I call it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, man, why does Ray look like his face has been? St- has been like stuck in a beehive. Watch how the animated. I remember that cartoon. That well, yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is they. Um, there was like one page. I don't remember if it was issue one or issue two, where it showed just like these little windows into the other Ghostbuster universes. Yeah. And one of them they showed was from that cartoon that was called Ghostbusters. Yeah, the one that was out at the same time as. Yeah, it, it, it was the ripoff, and then the real Ghostbusters, the reason they called themselves the real Ghostbusters, was because they actually were based on the movie. Yeah. And I think it came down to some silly thing, like they forgot to trademark the name or something, and then it was like, crap! <laughs> yeah, something like that. It was quite a... Because I remember when that cartoon came out, and I was like, oh, it's the Ghostbusters. And I was like, this has nothing to do with the Ghostbusters. Yeah. But but it's interesting that they used that imagery probably because they um, in the comic like did they buy the rights to that or something or, or that comic book company who who put that out IDW um, probably has the rights to that that old Ghostbusters. But who would get the rights to that? Like why would they, that's not even worth anything? They, really. They buy up a lot of stuff. IDW has a lot of like. They do a lot of movie stuff, and them and think uh, is it Dynamite or something? They do a lot of the movie comics now, or old TV shows. And well, that's kind of that's kind of how uh, Dark Horse got its start and, yeah. and got big. Was they they got yeah, Star, Star Wars, Wars 
Well, they got that. They got aliens, and they got Predator. Yeah, and they still do the aliens and Predator. Yeah, and yeah. All that stuff. Um, all right. I was looking for a book of the week next week. This is one of those weird times where everything is in the middle of stuff. There isn't much new coming out. But I did find something. I just got to find where I put it. Um, let's see. Speak amongst yourselves. Let me give you a topic. <laughs> no one knows what that's from, huh? Nope. Silent Live. There was a, there was a Mike Never Myers. Never watched it. That was a Mike Myers thing. He'd get all proclaimed. Speak amongst yourselves. Let me give you a topic. Why do you drive on a... Shit. Oh, God, yeah. I just, <laughs> realized, I just realized who you're referencing. Mike Myers supposed to be like that old Joan Rivers lookalike. Yeah, yeah, like... Oh, Jesus, that character. At least it's not like, you know, Dana Carvey's church lady who used to always get on my nerves. I'm like... Either, you know, every time it's just like that, and I love what somebody said as a motivational deal. Somebody also brought up that Norman Smiley character or whoever, like that guy that used to be like, you know, because I'm good enough, I'm handsome enough, I'm smart and enough. doggone it, people like me. That's, uh, that, that guy's like a senator. I can't think of Yeah, I, I forget his name now, but, I mean, yeah, that... And, of course, obviously, John Belushi playing the sushi chef who always used to break everything with his katana. And then Eddie Murphy, the early years when he was still offensive. Before he had kids. Yeah. And when he stopped doing Nutty Professor, which still made me feel a little sad. I'm one of the few people that love his Nutty Professor remake. I mean, yeah, I love watching that farting scene and people are like, God, you're so juvenile. My mother's just like, you're disgusting. And I'm like, but it's just so entertaining because that's going to be me totally when I get older. This is why I won't have kids. <laughs> All right. I found... I'm teaching my grandkids like <laughs> bad habits. I found our book of the week. Um, it's by IDW Publishing. And it's Danger Girl, Renegade, number one of four. And it's by J. Scott Campbell. Oh, great, great. I, li I like Danger Girl. So did I. And he, now it's, he has it at IDW. Actually, it, I don't think I read the, uh, uh, what was the last one? Mayday or something like something that? Something like that, yeah. I don't, I, I haven't read that one yet. I'm missing, like, the last issue, I think, or something. <laughs> yeah, it was between that or... Poseidon 9, which is part of uh, this whole, like, Aphrodite 9 story. But I'll go with Danger Girl, Renegade, number one of four. So we will cover that next week. And uh, hopefully we'll have all... You know, a book came out this week and I downloaded it for you, but it wasn't... I couldn't get it in the the Dropbox in time. Godzilla goes to hell, number two. Oh, gosh. There's words in this one. I looked at it at the comic book store. <laughs> There's actually reading to do. 
So it's all like caption stuff, but maybe they'll explain a little bit better what's going on. Because <laughs> I was lost. Yeah, and hopefully there won't be any harsh criticisms like last time. Well, we're not going to review it. I just know it came out, and I put it in the thing so Eric can read it. I mean, that, it, it is funny because it, it's so ironic because after I read Godzilla Goes to Hell number 1, ironically, I was working on a story that I actually had sent in. You know, because I managed to collaborate with Gene on his anthology project that he's going to maybe try to get, you know, get out <coughs> get out before the end of the year. And so I, I don't know why, but I went back and I, re and I reread Godzilla, you know, Godzilla Goes to Hell number one. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do my own silent story and see if people can figure out the plot like I tried to. Yeah. That's actually a hard thing to do, like. To write a silent story because you can't. I, don't know. I I found it a little bit easy, but then again, I was doing a six-page story and I was very methodical in how I wanted to do it. But it's just in general, like actually getting everything conveyed perfectly. Yeah, and that was something that I even actually asked Gina. I said, you know, you you could actually figure out the story that I was telling, right? And he's like, yeah, he goes, I could. And I was like, okay, because I'm looking at this thing, rereading it now, and I'm feeling I should have, like, maybe, you know, took a little bit more time on my first draft. He goes, no, he goes, it's actually excellent. So I was like, okay, I'll, it's like, you know, just let me know if I need to fix anything. Because that's not, like, my big editorial thing. It's like, you know, is there anything that I need to fix? And then when somebody says, great, I'm just sitting there looking at it, like, you mean that there's nothing wrong with it? There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Why are you saying it's perfect? <laughs> you know, you're saying how it's difficult to convey a story with, uh, without words. Well, at least you have pictures. Imagine trying to do that with a novel. <laughs> and you have no <laughs> that would be Dude, don't classic. remind me. I'm actually trying to debate if one character I wanted to make into a comic, I should make into a novel character that then later on can be made into a comic, like what they did with Dresden. Mm. Or like Mercy Jackson or Mercy Thompson, what, that Native American girl that can turn into a coyote. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I, did, you know I, I, I got more ideas floating around in my head, like actually sober, than Grant Morrison does when he's, you know, intoxicated. Mm. Well, excuse me. <laughs> oh wow! Do you remember those um, the original trilogy when Marvel had, had Star Wars the first time, and they'd put out those the movie the versions of the I mean the comic book versions of the movie, and it'd be like uh, the whole movie in one book. Do you remember those, Eric? I think it, I think it was across three, but. Oddly enough, the uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean each each movie had their own, but it, it's funny you bring this up because I think it's on my profile on the Hooligan Alley website about I didn't know Marvel made Star Wars comics until years later. It was after uh, Dark Horse had them, and it was kind of like whoa, Star Wars comics are a thing. And then it was. You know, when I went to the comic shop, they're like, oh, yeah, well, Marvel did them years ago. And I'm like, what? 
Yeah, I, I, I had a couple of rights back. I had a couple of those old Star Wars, Marvel, but I had I remember having the the Return of the Jedi one. I got it. I actually still have it somewhere. I got it at like the a book fair when I was in school that year, whenever Return of the Jedi came out. But next week, um, they're releasing all three of those. It's uh, Star Wars the original trilogy stories, storybook collection hardcover. So that'll be interesting. Well, well, the, the one the one thing that I remember hearing about is in um, Star Wars: The New Hope, although it's not called A New Hope. Uh, in the comics, they they have the scene with Jabba. Oh yeah, because they did the comic books from the script, not well, the film. Well, well, yeah, but they actually used. Um, one of the cantina creatures and have him so it's it's not even the guy from the deleted scene where you know it was the big yeah. set guy in the furry suit it's like some alien that yeah. they just like put in there yeah because they know you know they, they start working on those before the movies even made yeah i always i always find those little like edited type tidbits very interesting where you go back and it's like Whoa! Wait a minute. What's this all about? You know, yeah. and and it's it really just goes down to it was a logistical thing. They they already had something they were working with. They didn't they didn't have any photos of what Jabba was going to look like. It was like ah, here's some photos of some aliens. You know, we'll yeah. use one of those. Yeah, because obviously he didn't even know what Jabba was going to look like until Return of the Jedi. Well. I think we we're an hour and a half, so that's a good time. Um, like next, like I said, next week we'll cover that uh, that book. I can't remember again. Danger Girl, um, and uh, see what else. We'll have some new books to review. Did you? Oh, you don't. You're not really familiar, but. Um, while we were gone, one of the comic book stores here in New York closed. So now, um, my comic book store that I go to is always out of stuff <laughs> because they haven't adjusted to all these new customers. So, like, I went in at eleven o'clock. The store opened at ten, and they're already out of some stuff. It really bummed me out. Some stuff that I wanted to get, like I was trying, I was trying to get all of those, um, that Valiant one that I did the one week, um, Book of Death or whatever. Um, but I, I ended up getting the second Book of Death too, but the Ninjak Book of Death came out today and it was gone already. So I'll, that'll probably be in my lightning round next week. And I also picked up, uh, Batman Arkham Knight Genesis number one, one of six, and it's sort of like the the, the origin story of of this Arkham Knight. Who I'm not going to tell you who it is. I'm not going to be a spoiler, even though everyone already knows who it is. But <laughs> I don't. That's why I'm not telling you. Because I'm not going to get to play the game for like probably another two three years. <laughs> <laughs> so, did, has anyone heard? The rumors of the that they're going to do 
uh, Rockstar or whoever made that game, Rocksteady. Rocksteady. That they're going to do another DC character game. Oh, that would that would that's be cool. you know that that's literally been like the rumor that everybody's talked about since in Arkham Knight they've and not only in Arkham Knight but just in general people have been saying that the ideal character that they want Rocksteady to tackle since they keep like making references to him um is Clark. Yeah, but I don't want I don't and I keep, and I keep wondering too, to my I, he, he's too bright and sunshiny to be like, I, don't, I just don't... Oh, God, here we go with this crap argument He's... again. I swear, I swear, I cannot Superman's, win with you or, with you or from boring and too powerful. Yeah, Superman is boring. You know what You know what I think would work, though? It, part, part of what I think makes the Arkham games so much fun is that Batman has all these gadgets. Green Arrow. Yeah. A lot of people have said Green Arrow, and I can actually take that a lot. Of, I would love to actually see, honestly, a spinoff game, since he has actually been part of the Arkham games. I'd love to see a spinoff game, honestly, for Slade. I would take a Deathstroke game. Yeah. But That'd I, be cool. Um, they taught, another one that I heard rumored was a Green Lantern game. So. I can take or leave that. We shall see what... We won't know anything until E3 next year, so I'm sure they ain't going to let anything out of the bag until then. And I don't think we're going to leave anything else out of the bag tonight. We have uh, covered everything. We had Steven's rant of the week. <laughs> and so I am going to say goodnight. We will cover some new books next week. And uh, hopefully we'll have somebody, a third, fourth member guest to uh, help us out. And uh, also, in the next week or so, I will be starting the spin-off podcast. Uh, I was, I, I, I'm debating on the name. This is Hooligans of the Roundtable. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm, I'm just trying to button down like the, the topic if we're going to do X-Men um, what I was thinking of today I saw something else I don't know what it was but what we'll do is you know, get a little group together and like the first night we will just talk about we'll each have maybe ten of what we think were the best stories for that character or that team or whatever and we should make our list and then we will comp- pick four out of those and for the next four weeks after that we will do like the trade read the tra- you know, and uh, just have a discussion on those storylines so um, so if anybody out there has any suggestions what you'd like us to discuss you could go ahead and uh, leave it on our Facebook page uh, the Hooligan Alley podcast uh, or you can tweet us at hooligan underscore alley 34 um, and uh, I don't know do you have anything that you want to add Stephen? did you uh, say me or Eric S- Stephen okay there we go I, I couldn't t- <laughs> I couldn't 
I couldn't tell if you said my name or not, because sometimes I'll think that I hear my name and then nobody actually called me. I've had that happen to me the last couple of days. Uh-oh, you're hearing voices. I'm always hearing voices. You should know that. I'm fucking insane. Um, but... No, I don't really have too much else to really uh, to really honestly add. I mean, I, I think pretty much, yeah, you know, we've, we've covered everything that we need to. We pretty much caught up for the week, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the next week and, you know, getting the chance to read Danger Girl and, you know, hopefully have some books to actually, you know, get back to hopefully our regular, like, you know, schedule since we were all, like, really thrown off with, you know, with all the stuff that happened, you know, for the last two or three weeks. So it, it it'll be nice to get back to you know a regular schedule. Yeah. Um, and if you guys want to try to find me, you can find me on on Facebook. Just simply you know of course type in my name. You know Stephen Kelly. Um, if you if you want to talk to me on Twitter, it is altogether one word. You know it's Steve Kelly O seven. Um and yeah you know that that's about it guys. I I'll see all of y'all you know next week. All right, and you have anything coming up, Eric? Anything you want to promote or anything like that? Uh, well, the next event that I'm going to be at is RetroCon, which is in about two weeks in Oaks, PA. Uh, going to be a vendor there for first time. It's a pretty good show. It's in their fourth year now, and uh, that's where I've been focusing a lot of my energy the last the last two weeks. I have burnt through $600 worth of resin. Wow. I just, <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, I was almost out of stock on almost everything. So for like the last few months, I would just be casting what it took to fill orders. But yeah. because I need to stock up for the show, I'm like, okay, well, I need, you know, five of this, ten of this, whatever. And like the last, the last two weeks, it's been literally every... Every single weekday for eight hours has just been like casting and casting and casting parts. Yeah, because I remember last time that you were on, you were talking about somebody was coming to see your uh, Ghostbusters pack. Yeah, the well, that guy, um, he like he got in touch with me and he said, "Oh, he said, well, I'm not really gonna have the money. Maybe next year, so." Uh. Eh. Eh. Whatever. Yeah. Happens, I guess. Yep. All right, and where can people find you if they're interested in, in any of the uh, prop stuff that you make? Uh, well, the easiest thing to do is go to our website, uh, www.holeinthegroundpro.com, or uh, they can look it up on Facebook. Just search for Hole in the Ground Productions, and they can find and like our page there. Sweet. And also, guys, I just realized that um, the, the Danger Girl book does not come out until next week. So for this week, we need a different book. <laughs> so I will have to pick something, and I'll put it on the Facebook page because I have to look over what came out today. Because <laughs> I, I forgot that this is Wednesday and not Monday. So, yeah. so in two weeks, we'll do Danger Girl, and I'll pick another book for this week. So, and I'll put that on the Facebook page and on the Twitter, and uh, I might even edit this and put it at the end. So, <laughs> we will see. Um, that's 
my brain's still not getting back to the right place yet. Uh, so, until next week, this is JW with Eric Berry and Stephen Kelly. Get out there and read some books. And then make sure you come and talk to us about them. Good night.